four podcast this week is proudly sponsored by Chris Malt. Since 1870, Crisp has been producing the finest malt at Great Ribera in Norfolk. With five maltings located in the best barley growing areas in the UK, they produce a wide range of malts and non-malted cereals in 25 kilogram sacks for craft brewers and distillers all over the world. They still work one of the last remaining floor maltings in England and use it to make their pioneering heritage malts. They also craft roasted and crystal malts of unprecedented quality on their vertical all-electric tower roasting plants, the only one of its kind in the UK. Check out their website for more information about their range of malts and also their educational blogs and webinars too at chrismalt.com. That's chrismalt.com. I'm Nick Law and you're listening to the Hop Forward Podcast, getting you ahead in the brewing and beer business. Hop Forward is a weekly podcast dedicated to the craft beer industry, featuring interviews, discussions, and stories from the whole brewing supply chain from grain to glass. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a beer, and get ready to hop forward in the brewing and beer business. Hello, Hopheads, and welcome to another sesh on the Hop4 podcast. I'm sat here again this week in the industry hop house. I'm working hard. I'm not drinking beer yet. That's what the Rutland Arms is for later. If I cast my mind back, I remember the first micropub in Sheffield on Eccleshall Road, which is a, a trendy road in Sheffield, called the Beer House. At the time, it was this unique little bar. It was like a pub, but it was smaller. It had the hand pools, the keg lines, but it fit into a normal small retail unit, which at the time was unheard of. Now there are dozens of small dedicated craft beer bars and bottle shops throughout this magnificent city of Sheffield and all over the United Kingdom, where people come together to drink, to chat and just to unwind. Fortunately, I've got some great ones around me, but I'm aware that micropubs and little tap rooms don't always have a great reputation, particularly elsewhere. However, when a tap room like the one I'm citing at the moment as we speak gets it right, these spaces are incredibly valuable to the craft beer scene of that town or city, to the craft beer scene of that town or city, and to the locals who call that place home. One such place is a little draft apocryphy on the historic church street in Twickenham called Brewery Market. Brewery Market's owned by Linda Birch and it's one of those special places where people gather together and the passion for beer flows as freely as the keg taps on the wall. With a mixture of some of the best beers Britain has to offer alongside unique lagers and lambics from Belgium and the continent, and imports from across the USA, brewery markets really hit the nail on the head with a mixture of beer and a warm, welcoming atmosphere that has won them the Independent Beer Retailer of the Year in the Drinks Retailing Award 2021. I travelled to Twickenham at the end of October to visit the Tap House and celebrate their third year in business. As I know Linda pretty well because we work together on Brewery Market, I know she has real depths and insights into the world of beer, the industry, and most of all, has a sheer love for the malty, hoppy liquid we all like brewing and drinking so much. So at the end of the night, and it's pretty late by this point, we set up the mic, cracked open a bottle of Lambic and recorded our conversation about the journey, beer, social media, and generally the kind of things you chat about with a mate in the early hours of the morning. 
A few friends joined us as well for our own little lock-in, including Dennis and Steph who work at the shop, and Philip from Booba Trap Brewery in Westcott, Buckinghamshire, who have had the pleasure of working with to help kickstart his brewery and eatery, which is just opening at the moment. So sit back, open up a beer, and enjoy this sesh with Linda and friends from Brewery Market. But before you do, here's a few things that I couldn't be in regards to Hot Forward and even more exciting hopes and beers. On Sunday the 12th of December, Emmanuel's and the Industry Tap are hosting our annual Beer and Carols event, Hopes and Beers. There'll be three or four unique beers on from Emmanuel's, which I'm brewing at the moment. So wait for the names. We've got Ale Mary, which is a spiced barley wine. So looking for about 8% on that beast. Uh, Jonah in the Pale, which is an American pale ale. A Hazing Grace, which will be a hazy IPA. And hopefully, if I can brew it in time, a Heritage ESB. Just want to say a big thanks to Shane Swindells for inspiring that one. But there'll be the beers there, and I'm also going to be doing some funked up festive hymns, and there'll be pizzas served fresh from the Industry Tap's own pizza oven. The doors open from 5pm, families are welcome, although it's kids until 9pm only, with carols from 6pm and 8pm. If you've never been to the industry tap before, it is an awesome venue serving up 21 craft beer lines. It's just an absolutely phenomenal little place and I'm so excited that Darren wanted to put this event on again this year. So we're doing it Sunday the 12th of December at the industry tap. Find out more at emmanuels.co.uk or hotforward.beer and I hope to see you there. But for now, here are a few other ways you can find out more about Hot Forward, the podcast, and our supplier sponsors. Not only is Hot Forward a brewing industry dedicated podcast, but we also provide creative media solutions and consultancy for companies and people who are looking to get ahead in the brewing and beer business. Hot Forward works with a range of diverse enterprises from across the world of beer to provide branding and marketing consultancy, brewing and business advice, and bespoke creative solutions to help you hot rocket your way to success. Check out hotforward.beer for more info or connect with us on social media at Hot Forward Beers. Finally, don't forget to thank our sponsors who make this show possible on a weekly basis. The Hot Four podcast this week is proudly sponsored by Chris Malt. Since 1870, Crisp has been producing the finest malt at Great Ryber in Norfolk. With five maltings located in the best barley growing areas in the UK, they produce a wide range of malts and non-malted cereals in 25 kilogram sacks for craft brewers and distillers all over the world. They still work one of the last remaining floor maltings in England and use it to make their pioneering heritage malts. They also craft roasted and crystal malts of unprecedented quality on their vertical all-electric tower roasting plant, the only one of its kind in the UK. Check out their website for more information about their range of malts and also their educational blogs and webinars too at chrismalt.com. That's chrismalt.com. For now, grab a beer and let's crack open today's discussion. I 
think we should just start this podcast by pouring beer. Really? <laughs> oh, the decam. Yeah, I mean, how do you manage this with pepper on your lap? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually so used to her being there, like, attached to me now, like a limpet. She's really rocking it up with the kind of glowing. Oh, I know. Color yeah. She's she's so she's her fur's so dark. Like if you don't, she'll just get squashed otherwise. But she likes. Very serene. She is. She's very calm. She's very laid back. She's very chilled. She's very calming influence on me. Right. Yeah. Which is nice. Like and everybody loves her in the shop. Like people come in and ask. They come to the bar before they've even asked for a beer. They'll say, Yeah. I, th- I think every like brewery or tap room should have a dog. Yeah, I agree so. I agree so. It just or a cat. Yeah, yeah I've got nothing against cats. Yeah. Some sort of animal. It's it's nice. It's a guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> <Berit>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might not get your finger back after you stroke a ferret. Yeah, fair enough. So, uh, what have we got in front of us? What's this? So, this is um, this is a nectarine lambic from De Oude Cam. Uh, it's a Belgian brewery. Again, I don't think they're one of the big four. I, I don't know a huge amount about them. But I think, you know, the big four lambic brewer, um, brewers are like Cantillon... Uh, Pastor, not Pastor, God, it's so late at night. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Mate, oh my God, imagine if Pastor did brew a lambic. Ooh, hello. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, we just happened to have a bit of a chip on this bottle, so it's unsellable. So I thought, why not crack it open between us? But, yeah, 2018. It's lovely, like you, it's like it's kind of sour from from the next green. Obviously, it's lambic as well, but you get these lovely amber colours from it, and you get a real nice malty caramel flavour through which is quite unusual right, yeah. for a lambic as well I think but um, yeah why not let's crack it open okay, so yeah. thanks for sharing it with me that's alright very tasty because you're into lambics aren't you massively so as you can tell by that giant lambic fridge over there <laughs> I, I've been eyeing it up I'm like I, have, I feel like before I leave this place I have to take something it's, it's the chimay that's um, oh the chimay yeah it's the, the um, we just you know we just, lo- I think they just need some sort of beautiful presentation, those big bottles. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and like Cantillon and Trifontaine, it's so hard to get hold of them at the moment anyway. Like, you have to be, like, to get to get these beers at the minute for a supplier, it's a bit like a race. So you get this email at, like, 5 to 10 or something, and they're like, OK, we're going to release the list at 10 o'clock. And it's just whoever emails first wow. gets it, and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a scramble to get there. So we don't always do it, but we do get some lovely ones in. It's been fantastic. So how many of those do you sell typically? Well, blinking out, we sold about four of them tonight. Really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. okay, go on. We sell about one a week, I reckon, of the seven right. fifties. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we were really lucky. I don't know if you can see the Gears Boom. Yep. Um, we did a tasting, an online tasting last year with Corel Boom, yep. and he sent well. us all these all these amazing things over from the breweries um, and the, these little tasting packs are just fantastic with the glasses they, that's pretty much the last one they've been oh, so popular you're not really the one, was it 108 oh, yeah I don't think so they were so tasty oh, weren't they yeah because oh, I, I didn't like lambics until we had that oh yeah until you, you did that game on about yeah. I was like oh I don't know about lambics and stuff because um, I'd go to bottle shares in Sheffield and um, rock up with various beers, and everyone will be bringing their lambics with them. And I'll be like, you know, it tastes like farmyard. Yeah, it does. 
But, um, you know, you were going on about Boone and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, being part of that tasting and hearing them talk about it. Yeah. Well, know, I haven't just, tasted this oh, one well, then, let's yeah. Let's go for it, so yeah. cheers. Cheers. There's the farmyardy smell. Oh, it's that taste of leather, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> the bitter oh. leather goatee taste. Mm. It's, it's so dry. It is dry, isn't it? It's mm. almost like, I don't say, it's, it's kind of like white wine gone sour mm. with some sheep. I'd never, I find it really hard to pick the nectarine out in that until really the after, after taste. It's got actual nectarines in it. Yeah. It's been aged on nectarines. Right. One of the greatest fruits, I believe. What do you like about nectarines? Oh, it's like a peach, but it's not furry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if texture's a thing for you. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. It's like when you have coconut. I don't. I like the taste of coconut, but I hate the texture. Yeah, I right. <laughs> there was a guy in here earlier, and he was like, I, he just couldn't stand the texture of nuts, and he, he spoke to us about ten minutes about all the different textures of nuts, and it, he, it's just like I love the smell and the taste and the flavour, but texture he just couldn't handle, and I kind of get it. Like, it's a big deal because you know when I'm talking to people about beers quite often they say they want a beer that is big on the mouthfeel or chewy and things like that or you know some some people come in and ask for fizzy beers and you're like <laughs> sweet sour you know where do how can I go with this and you're like carbonated and but now we actually no like when we're buying beers we're actually thinking about all these things before we're purchasing so that we've got in the fridges like a really wide no, we just haven't got IPAs, you know, not piney IPAs. We've got yeah. ones that are thin or, or sessionable or light and fruity. and fluff. Some people call them fluffy in the mouth and things like that. So you just start to get to know all these little quirky requests that that, mm. that customers have. And, yeah, mouthful is, the is really the main thing that, put, that, pe that puts people off or sells oh, people. so interesting. Yeah. I mean, so I should imagine as someone that runs a bottle shop, with you being on the front line, so to speak. Yeah. Like, you, you get to hear all that sort of stuff. Like, what, what sort of things do you find that, I suppose, on either end of the spectrum, that people tend to go for? Yeah. And on the other end, people are like, oh, I hate that. You know, what, like, if you could kind of narrow it down. And I know everyone's different. Stuff, yeah, but. yeah. Um, like, the hate, the hate one is easy, because people, we get people coming in, they're like, I don't like beer. I hate beer. Yeah, they come into brew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they don't. I think I know what they're saying. They're talking about you know that typical warm, thin, watery, um, hoppy, bitter. You know, not very nice aftertaste. They're, they're thinking about those sorts of beers. So, and quite often people ask for hoppy. But they don't realise they don't like bitter flavours. They they're looking for those tropical flavours. So you have to be a bit of a mime reader, um, because because and I, so I was just thinking like um, people will say I don't want too much flavour, or um, um, it's too it's too powerful. They'll say and things like that. But then when they're asking for things that they like, they don't know how to describe what they like. They can say what they don't like. Mm. So we immediately will just give them a... I'll just, like, rack them up four or five tasters straight away so we can work out what they like. 
but it, it's amazing, like, some of the things that people come up with when they like. <laughs> um, someone came in and asked, like I said, like, for, for a, fizzy, a fizzy beer, and we, went, we must have gone through about three or four beers before they found one, but what they actually meant was, you know that sort of fluffy light you get, you know, from, a, from an IPA? It's not really fizzy, but it, it, you've got the... It's not even bubbly, is it? But it just fills your mouth, the gas. And that's what yep. she was looking for. So... That's, I mean, that's the really interesting thing about... Um, I guess any beer, beer styles, because it's the, the carbonation and stuff all plays a part in yeah. it. I'm really only just learning about carbonation, too. Well, I am, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, I mean, this beer we're drinking now is pretty well carbonated. Yeah. If the carbonation level was slightly less... It would dull it yeah. in some ways, yeah. but you get other flavours out. Yeah. So, but you would would you say this? I would say this has been bottle conditioned. Is it bottle conditioned? Yeah. I, I think bottle for a lambic, it has to be right. Can you carbonate well, a lambic? I, 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 well, I mean, I guess you could, but I, yeah. I would imagine most of them are bottle conditioned. Yeah, right. But um, but like Ben, who's brewing at Jawbone, he's ca he's adding carbonation to his beers, and I didn't even know, you know, he can he can adjust exactly how much carbonation he wants in each of his beers to the perfect PSI. When he told me that, it just absolutely blew my mind. I thought it was just like you were lucky if you got if you added a bit of sugar in there. You got a bit more carbonation. Well, I mean, it's, it, I mean, <laughs> bottle conditioned beers are quite an art form, anyway. Yeah. Um, as I discovered, because all my beers used to be bottle conditioned so, or even take conditions. So I found that um, a few things that like you had to have in an ideal. Well, for me, this is what worked for me. Yeah. Five grams per litre of dextrose. Right. Um, works really well, and I had to ensure that it was mixed really well amongst the beer. Yeah. And I'd always add a, a fresh bit of bottle conditioning yeast so that there was the, the yeast that was still present in the beer wasn't tired. It, you'd have right. a fresh Got amount it. of really neutral yeast to yeah. finish the job. Yeah, because you don't really want to change the flavour of the beer either, do you? Yeah, and, it, and I mean, it generally wouldn't. Um, so that, that tended to work really well. Yeah. And you'd get a similar carbonation level to this. But when you do it in can, when you force carbonate in the beer, you've got to go off for like an actual reading. And I, I mean, I, I mean, myself's tiny, I can't afford the, the entry level Zarmanagel type <laughs> thing, which is like a shaky shaky, is one and a half gram plus VAT. So I can't afford that. Crikey. <laughs> exactly. I know. All the space for it, I can imagine. Well, I mean, they're not massive, but it's just like, you know, it's just like. The, the cost of it is just, yeah. is, is, you know, massive for, uh, if you're on a very, very small scale. Obviously, on a, on a bigger scale, breweries like Abbeydale Breweries yeah. and, and Anton Parr, where yeah. you're literally out of the tank, yeah. they'll run it into a machine, it'll tell you what the carbonation level, level is and how much ox oxygen That's is dissolving to the beer crazy. and stuff. That's wild. Because so, um, I, I also recently, and I thought, I, I, I kind of knew, but I, it was confirmed to me recently that, you know, the Weird Beard Brewery, they mm. well, they bottle condition or tank, you know, condition everything. And some of their beers are, you know, really lively and fizzy. You know, when they come out of the can, they pour beautifully, they've got a great head on them. And you think that they'd, they'd been, or they'd had carbonation added to them. Yeah. Like, to get that is... 
Yeah, it's what I was thinking about Neptune uh, Brewery in um, Merseyside. Yeah. They still um, we've conditioned their beer. That's why I mentioned it. Um, um, they, they still can condition their beers um, so they'll, they'll do it in a blending tank and then they'll pump it into their cannon machine, if I'm not mistaken. Julie, for listening. Sorry. <laughs> that's wrong. Um, but um, their beers are always work really well yeah. carbonated. And it's again with my beer, 10,000 Saisons, which um, Steph cracked open earlier. That was keg conditioned, and then I racked the, um, the beer in, from the kegs into cans. And that's nice and lively. That is the, nice. The black IPA, which I think it's you might completely sold of, out. Oh, is it sold out? <laughs> um, that was done in the tank, and that had lesser. CO2 in it because I force carved it oh. and, I, and I was a little bit like I don't if I from a bad experience I had doing the Keller beer which never happened um, for <laughs> reasons which I'm sure the listeners of this podcast will know but um, that was over carbonated so that I was really tentative with that one right and it's just if you've not got, got a way of measuring it properly yeah then it could be. It's just a, it's just trial and error. Yeah. The idea is to have um, some way of, of reading what your CO two levels are in the beer. Yeah. And basically adjusting your levels accordingly. Right. So um, how much beer you force carbonate. Yeah. Sorry, how much? Like um, CO2 like brewing beer isn't already complicated enough though. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? But it's it's, I feel it's just four ingredients. You know how hard can it be? But it's thing, it's that now now breweries are putting their beers into cans. Like bottle conditioning was much easier before. So most breweries did that whereas now yeah. you know you, in your fridge so you can see from you got sound craft duration yeah. um, neon rapture yeah. bridge um, cloud water yeah yeah i sometimes expect the cans to come like expanded because there's so much carbonation in some of the beers but they hold their structure the cans but, i mean all, all those breweries are, are, have, have nailed that process yeah and um it's it's a whole science to it and i'm 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 trying to get people on the, my podcast actually so I'm trying to find the right person to talk about it yeah. I'm really interested yeah in me it. too me it's, too because uh, like, I really want to learn more about it as well because all the beers you know they're coming in key kegs and poly kegs and you have to adjust the pressure of the gas you know coming through into the key keg to match the yeah. pressure in the bag and unless you know what they've put their CO2 in yeah. you can't yeah. you can't so you have to have this relationship with all the brewers because they you need to you need to know, so otherwise you get a fucking But beer. some of those brewers won't even know. You know, that's the thing, isn't it? And um, the Brewers Association have a really good book called, um, what's it? It's not like, it's not about draft beer. Um, it's like the draft beer manual or something. Oh, yeah. But that's, that's really worth getting because um, it talks about basically maintaining a really good draft system and there's, yeah. a, there's a bit in the back which talks about if you don't know what the CO2 is in a particular beer, there's a way of testing um, yourself on... But I think it's something to do with, like, turning the the beer on and the gas until, like, the, you can't see any bubbles in the line and that's when you sort of know yeah. when it's at the right equilibrium. Yeah, but, um, say, we've had some. I mean, I won't name the breweries, but we had one keg delivered, and um, it came with instructions to to basically leave, turn the gas off, connect it to the taps, and everything. 
thing and open the tap, but the gas was off to, to let all of the CO2 out of the bag first before. We just couldn't get this beer to pour. We had to send it back again, but it was just over-carbonated, basically. And it just wasted, it was just a whole 30-litre keg wasted. I, I, I've heard that from... Um, a tap room close to me um, where they had a beer there yeah. in a similar vibe and the brew, we just... spoke to the brewers and they were insistent like no you just I was like I've had the tap open for 20 minutes and there's gas coming out no cotton you know but as soon as we tried to pour it it just wouldn't it just wouldn't pour I mean, it must be really hard for you guys having a I mean having been in here tonight where it's time for you to be if you were to put a keg like that on yeah. and someone's like oh, I really want that beer and you're like pouring it and of course it's money as well going down the drain literally <laughs> like, well on one hand you've got the money going down the drain and you're like oh man I'm losing money on this on the other hand you've got a customer sitting in front of you their yeah, it's your out, fault it's your and ball, it's like yeah. what's wrong with you not being able to pour this beer it. oh, or the, you get the uh, the flake comment oh, oh come on well, I, I, um, when I was at Sheffield Brewery and, and um, you know we, we had our keg I, I set up our keg lines there yeah. and I still had oh thank you um, I still had a very rudimentary um, understanding of keg beer and CO2 and stuff. And I get that comment loads. So, oh, so don't much. get a plate with that. Oh. Only got spring. Like I can, like you know, with you know, with things like pilsners, you expect to get a really nice, thick, creamy head on top yeah. anyway. So you can sort of you can sort of say, well, that's the style. But sometimes, like we didn't quite when we were pouring the the newsflash earlier, the middle child newsflash earlier, we didn't get, quite get the pressure right. If you notice, and we, it was pouring quite foggy. But Dennis went out the back, sorted it out as a hero, adjusted it, came back, was pouring fine. But I got the flake comment today, and yeah. I was like, "Come on, <laughs> I'm trying so like, hard." Yeah. Just like, How many zero week? days since the last <laughs> flake comment? <laughs> oh, it's so funny because you think everyone that comes out of the comment must think, "Oh, I'm so funny, yeah. I'm so witty." Yeah. And you're like, it all. I know. <laughs> like, I try. I, I once took the, I once took it too far that joke though, and I put some of the foam on my nose. <laughs> It was the Boddington's yeah, advert, wasn't yeah. it? But the lady that made the joke, she didn't really understand why I was yeah. doing it, and I was like, <laughs> to wipe that foam off. Then. <laughs> no, but I mean, I like like Dennis and I, we we learning as we go along all the time. Like, we set this place up because we love beer, and every day we're learning every day. So we don't. I can't. I won't sit here and say that I know about beer. I won't sit here that. And say that I know about how to, you know, I will, I'm researching all everything that I do before I do it. I'm always learning, and I'm listening to people and talking to people like you and the guys, that are, all the brewers like Andy from Elusive. Like, I'm just trying to absorb as much knowledge as I can, and I get, it. I'm going to get it wrong. I get it. I'm not ashamed to make a mistake. And no one's perfect, right? Yeah, I mean, you need something, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, such a, it's such a great little place, and you know, the beers have been top yeah. notch. Well, what, what, what all we know is we've got to keep it spotless. We keep the cellar cold, we don't put any beers on the shelf, and we smile a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, I know Philip pointed that, this out earlier. Um, the way that you guys go at it you know <laughs> it's um you, know, you can see there's a lot of dedication and passion yeah 
poured into this place. Yeah. Um, I like, which is we lovely get, to see. What we get the most compliments on, which really surprises me, is the atmosphere. Mm. That's what people say to us. It's such a great atmosphere. I feel so welcome. It's not a bar, it's not a pub. You know, and there's nothing like there's nothing else like it in Twickenham, that's for sure. And yeah. I'm, there are some wonderful places out there. Oh, not too far away from it. Down, there was like a, yeah. a, a, a place stocking uh, cans and stuff. I was like, oh, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> What's that place? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I've, everybody, even everybody that came tonight, they've just been absolutely wonderful. And they come up and they shook my hand and patted me on the back and said how wonderful it was to, to see everybody here and working and just. Yeah, I feel like when I was saying goodbye to Fraser and Sam, I was nearly, I was properly welling up because I was just like, just the fact that they'd chosen to have launched their brewery here was. Mm. Yeah, just... you know, I suppose for those guys as well, you know, with it being, um, you know, they, I, I am right thinking they're Twickenham Boars. It's kind of like they are Twickenham Boars. Yeah, it's hope it's kind of yeah, here, you know, yeah. the fact that yeah. They... Oh yeah, Simon obviously started um, Beer Boars, the homebrew club. And I know Simon as well from the, from the beer scene, and actually he, he, he dated a mate of mine like years and years ago, small world kind of mm. thing. But um, I, we were having a few beers at Indie Man one night with Simon. He saved a special bottle of um, burnt meal for us. Right. <laughs> and um, I was telling him how much I love homebrew, and he, he was telling us, us about this idea that he had. And I was like, well, I will definitely, definitely have one of those clubs here, no, no doubt. And then when he introduced me to Fraser, like multiple gold homebrew, you know, multiple winner, gold winner for, for homebrew. I, you know, Fraser's so friendly and then all of the people that he knows and I, it just went from there. It just, just, it just was natural evolution, you know. We always wanted to brew a beer here as well, but it's obviously not, it's not quite pr as practical now as it was in the beginning. But mm. it, it's just, it just seems so natural to have a homebrew club here. And yeah, I'm stoked that Fraser and Sam have gone on to start their own little brewery as well. Mm. How does it feel now? It's, is it literally tomorrow that you're 23? Yes, it's our third birthday tomorrow. That's like Halloween, isn't it? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. was there, well, well, two questions. I guess, was it intentional that your first... Because I know you're into Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I am into Halloween. <laughs> was that intentional, like, your first...? It wasn't intentional. Okay. It just happened that way. We were supposed That's to open... Nice, yeah, it? it just happened. So we were supposed to open in the July, and then we had so many issues with licensing in the council. And then the guy that was doing our building work for us in carpentry had his dad unfortunately died, so there was a big right. gap in that. And then before you knew it was September and we're painting the walls still and chipping away at the bricks, and then it was October. And we said, look, we've got to pick a date. And I didn't even know that there was, a, on Church Street every year, there's a really good party for Halloween. Mm. And all the kids come down and they go trick-or-treating in all the shops. It's a really, really nice community-centred little day. So we thought, why not launch on, on um, Halloween? Oh, my goodness. Like, for an opening night, we had... We must have had 100 people squeezed into here on our first night opening. It was like, throw your, it wasn't even throw yourself into the deep end. It was like, we were in and it was... We, we, had, we had some crazy people visit us with that night. Like, um, there was local MPs came down, um, Freddie Starr. 
You remember Freddie Starr came in, like, it was like, what's going on? And we just, <laughs> was like, we didn't even, we hadn't even practised pouring beer on the taps. We just, we just didn't know what we were doing. We were just pouring the beers, pouring the beers, and we were in the paper the next day, and it was a big hit, and everybody was patting us on the back, and... And then we couldn't even open for another week after that because the dishwasher leaked the next day. So the fact that we, were, we managed to get open on, on um, Halloween was pure chance, but worked out perfectly for me because I am the queen of Halloween. Ninety-three. <laughs> I mean, like, what's? I, I mean, how does it feel now? Obviously, it still doesn't with feel COVID real. Stuff, yeah. For, personally, for me, right, it doesn't feel real. It doesn't. It still doesn't feel like this is my place. I just feel like I'm just having a really good time. And I'm just with my friends, having a drink, and I'm keeping the place clean and serving drinks. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like a job to me at all. Mm. Um, but yeah, with COVID and everything, we, we were lucky because we have the, because we're a shop, really. We're an A1 shop with a tasting room attachment. We can do drinking or takeaway. So really helped us get through COVID because we could pivot. And we were just open for two hours a day in the beginning. People would come buy what they needed to go do and go home and we weren't even letting them in the shop to be honest like one person at a time and that was it um but we have we got we picked up i want to say picked up customers like these people aren't customers to us they're our friends like we had a birthday private birthday party this week for one of them um on a tuesday it's not like oh there's a minimum spend or you've got to hire the place it's like yep you're a mate just come on we're gonna have a few beers play a few board games bring your mates and it's like you can see, like well, the guys around us now, they're well, just. Th this is the beautiful thing about this place, I find. Like, for me, I consider this as one of my locals. Obviously, I'm not local <laughs> to tweaking them at all, but um, I love coming here, you know. And, um, Thank you. It's, you know, I, I feel very, and obviously, I work with you and stuff, but like, I feel very much part of it. Yeah. And it's, um, I. It, just the vibes yeah. for me as a as a tap room in a bottle shop are, are right because the, you know there's some bottle shops going in that they're actually quite like skanky. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> it's really it's really um, it's got the woman's touch in it. It's really beautified. <laughs> you know, it's lovely. Um, but I feel like it's it doesn't. I, I know what you mean, but I like to like I like that it's not masculine. It's not feminine. You know, it sits in the middle. It's a sweet spot in the middle somewhere, and it just put perchance happened that way. It kind of evolved over time. But what is the best thing about this is I can look around and I can see things that I haven't done. Like I can see the signs that the customers have, have drawn for me. You know, the stickers that customers have stuck on the, on the wall. I can see things that have been fixed by people. You know, friends have put shelves up for me. And like, it, it's not just me. It's been a team effort from everybody Come on, you could come and say something. You're dying, you're dying. I'm, not, I'm not allowed to say I'm not allowed to say anything. No, it's a team everybody helps it. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody loves it, and you know, every like everybody. It's not even help. It's like people. We're just doing it together. We just we want it. We want it. To, it's not because we want it to be good. It's because we want something better in Twickenham. Right. We want something different in Twickenham. And we want somewhere else to go when the rugby's on. We don't, you know, you don't, you don't always want to go to a pub or a sports bar or a student bar. You want some, you want to drink differently. So I thought it was interesting that you're across from a Badgers. Yeah. And, and, like, I, I didn't notice that last time I came. Because I remember one of the first beers 
like real ales I got into was Bamford Flyer. Oh, yeah. Which is like the ginger infused. I remember trying to explain that beer to my um, late father-in-law. It's like, I was like, oh, it's a ginger infused beer. So it was like, wow. so it's a ginger beer. I'm like, no, it's not a ginger beer. It's a ginger infused yeah. beer. Yeah, like, like, like a ginger beer. Ginger beer is like, it's like, Fermented ginger, isn't it? Like Something a wine. Like yeah. yeah. I, was like, I was like, no, it's a ginger infused beer. <laughs> so it's a ginger beer. No, it's not a ginger beer. <laughs> oh, it's funny you mentioned them, like, because this is how, like, because we love everybody. We love everybody in the street. We work with everybody. But we have we have the badger menus here. So on a Sunday, you can sit in here and have a craft beer and you can have your Sunday roast no way. over from the eel pie. They'll bring what it over and they'll serve it to you in here. Yeah, and their triple cooked chips over there are to die for. Wow. So you, you kind of yep. broke that deal with them? Yeah, they're, they're just, the people that own the pub, they're just awesome. They're like, John so runs cool. it. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. It's, it's, it's just easy. Like, we don't, we don't want to serve food or anything like that here. So, right. so we've spoken to a few little restaurants on the street and we have their menus here. You, you can, and they'll literally bring it over on a silver tray. <laughs> you can get a full-on roasty and have a nice uh, duration or a siren on tap. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Siren, mucha, mocha. Yes. 10% imperial stout. Oh, yeah, the barista project. Can't go wrong with that. No. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, I've got to ask. I mean, I asked this to Dave Hayward when I spoke to him recently. Um, like, so... Um, when breweries approach you to stock their beers, yeah. like what, what sort of things do you account for? Do you know um, we the, we led quite ethically our choices. So um, you could have the best tasting beer in the world, but if you're not doing things, you know, you're upsetting your employees, or you're not as green as you should be, or you're not putting your CO2, you know, you're not paying your carbon footprint and stuff like that, then we, we'll discount, we'll just discontinue you. Right. Um, but it's, it's primarily led by just what we want to drink and taste and what we what we like. Because we, at the end of the day, we've got, to, we've got to sell it. I mean, we don't really sell it, but, you know, we've got to be able to talk about it and discuss it and... and yeah, it's difficult. So it's a combination between that. It's a moral choice and, and then it's flavor. We're flavour-led for sure. Right. Yeah. It's time I've got a live audience here, isn't I know. It? <laughs> it's a little sniggering boys. Sni yeah, luckily. Have you got any questions, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steph's got a question. Um, what inspired you to create Brewery Market? Oh, wow. That's a really easy question, actually, to answer. So, um... I just I that is a good question. Actually. Is a good question. Is it was a few things. Um, I was I I always wanted to start. I always wanted to run my own business, start my own business, and I was looking for years and years and years for what to do. And I and I wasn't inspired by anything. I'd write business plans about sweet shops and cheese shops and <laughs> different things like that. So I'm just trying to picture you. <laughs> <in> a cheesemonger. <laughs> I even cheese did one. I even thought about being a butcher. It's like I. I I couldn't quite, nothing what, really sat in my heart. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not really. And I didn't feel really good about killing loads of animals, you know, for my own gratification either. Close your ears, And then I, I was on a bit of a journey at the same time because I found out that I have a slight intolerance to tannins. And red wine, I was drinking a lot of red wine, <laughs> um, was, wasn't really sitting well with me. So I was going through this exploration of gin and things like that. And um, 
I was invited to join a bottle share by someone that worked at Real Ale. Okay. Uh, sorry, Real Drinks, it's called Real now. Drink. Real Drinks. Real Drinks. And um, they said, look, just bring an unusual beer, right? <laughs> um, so for my first bottle share, I brought a Japanese beer that had been brewed with sweet potato, and I was laughed. As you do. I was laughed out of there. <laughs> I never made that mistake twice. <laughs> what was the beer? I can't even remember the name. I bought it from Whole Foods. I didn't even know where to go right. to buy beer. And I went to this bottle share for the first night, and I tried Rosé de Gambrinus. I tried, oh, um, the Siren, Pompamicello. And that was the moment. That was the moment. I sat next to Lottie Peplow, who was studying for her, still studying to be a Cicerone at the time, right. um, and as was Paul. And they were telling me all about these different flavours, different flavours, and then I went to my second bottle share. I came, I came in with a 750 um, bottle from 8Wired from New Zealand, stepped it up straight away. Nice. And that, I never looked back. I said to sat, sat next to Lottie and I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open a bottle shop, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And that was it. I, I was so I was so tired of going to East London, you know, down on the beer mile and travelling back from East London from all these wonderful places to, to taste the beer. I wanted something close to home. And Twickenham needs a place. Twickenham really needed a place like this. Uh, a place where you can come and have a, an, an event where you make a sock puppet or you play board games or you do something crazy. Just go back a step. This sounds, is this a real, Dennis, is this a real thing, a sock puppet? Dennis won't let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, I, what is this event? I think Dennis is going to say from this, no comment. <laughs> We've had some such good events here, though. We did. Um, we had a, an event with um, uh, the Canadian brewery um, Collective Arts, and we did a um, Pictionary night. Yeah, it was just amazing. We had the lady from Collective Arts coming in, and we made her. We made her do all the drawings so people could guess. <laughs> Oh, it was fantastic, wasn't it? But, like, that's the sort of stuff that we do here, like, just... Yeah, we just... We, it's not It's not just about the beer. It's not just about the beer here. We yeah, love the beer. It's an amazing place. Thank you. Absolutely uh, amazing. Uh, like, how... Um, and, again, I'm, I'm sort of riffing a little bit off of the conversation with Dave Hayward because I, th I thought it was really insightful, but, like, it how do you find... It was a fantastic podcast, that yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, he, I've had a lot of good feedback about bloke. that. And he's, he's great, isn't he? Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, if you're listening, Dave... <laughs> we love you, Dave. <laughs> um, we, get, we get people come in here and say, um, "Oh, you in a hoppy place? Are you are you like a chain, or are you are you the same, or are you done it? Is it something?" They say, "No, no. We just we just got it right. We just both got it right." Yeah. <laughs> but like when I, when I spoke to Dave, he was saying about how. Um, Brewery selling. Close your ears, Philip, because um, this is kind of the stuff I'm telling you to do. Um, but like he was saying, breweries that are selling direct to consumer aren't helping places like this. Right. Um, I mean, how have you found since lockdowns and COVID and stuff? Like, how have you found that in terms of like? Um, I'm not going to name names for any of the beers that are on yeah. the shelves, but yeah. those breweries selling direct to consumers, yeah. they're we, on Instagram being like. Yeah buy this new beer, you know, whereas before you'd be the one saying, yeah. buy this new limited edition Raspberry Ripple. 
imperial yeah. mocha stout brewed with honey and <laughs> made from bees from Africa or whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, everyone's like, oh, that sounds so tasty right now. But like, like you know, now they're doing it direct. Like, yeah. How is that affecting places like here? You know, I would say, oh, it's very difficult to say because people still buy those beers from us. Whether they can get them online or not, whether they know it, I don't know. But I'm a bit more, I guess, of the school of thought where I think yeah, you know, they need to make a living too. And why not? Why not, right? Mm. If you, It's a bit more like an American-style setup for those breweries, you know, where they can sell direct to customers. But, you know, if they're selling... If they sell us to, it to us at trade price and people say it's expensive, we try not to mark it up too much, but you've got a lot to take into account, I guess. But I think... I don't... I don't have a problem with it, I've got to be honest. I don't have a problem with beers going into supermarkets at all because that person, it's just a gateway, you know, they're going to discover that beer in the supermarket. They're not, if someone's buying direct from the brewery, they're a hardcore fan of that brewery and we are not going to be able to sell them 12 of those beers because we only get 12 of those yeah, beers yeah. from the brewery. So they're not our customer potentially anyway but they're probably going to come here and have a few beers on a night out and drink off the draft. Mm. So f so it hasn't... I wouldn't say it's really affected us massively. I don't think we've lost customers because right. of it. But I'm more of a... There's room for everybody, I, f for me, stance. So so from a draft perspective, um, like, how, how are you buying your draft beers? Like Because, like, I know from my point of view when I worked at a brewery, it was like the, the the Monday gauntlet, you know. <laughs> you'd pick up the phone, cold cord landlords, and be like, please, yeah. buy my beer, please. It's not <laughs> shit, honestly. It's really good. You know, oh, sorry, mate, I bought some Abbeydale moonshine. <laughs> oh. You know, please, I need uh. to feed my family. Um, just like, one keg. Just, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's so, not just it's, one keg, is it? It's the, that's the problem. It's the, the, the minimum order quantity is what kills us. How do you mean? So, like, for, for instance, it's difficult without naming names, but there are some breweries that you want to order from and they're like, we can only deliver on a pallet. It's like, well, I just right, need I one case, you know. I can't, I haven't got a massive stock room. I just need a couple of kegs in a case, but they want, like, three cases and three kegs for you. Otherwise, it's like £150 to get it there, and you're like, oh, that's not going to work. So some breweries have started to send stuff to us through the post, which isn't great, but it does mean we can order smaller quantities and get the really cool beers. And, um, but we always, we'll always try to go direct wherever we can because that cuts out the middleman, which is perfect. Um, but, yeah, we ha sometimes we do have to go, like, especially want the Belgian beers and the German beers, we'll have to go to places like, you know, the caves and the clays of the world because they, they can order massive amounts of beer in from these breweries at really good prices, mm. so it's a mix. We, 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 we do try to go direct. Like the more, we try to be to go local as well. Like, you know, if we get Ben literally, yeah. comes up on his boat, slings a keg on Hang his on, shoulder. Whoa, ben from Jawboy and comes up on his boat. Ben delivers his beer on a boat. Come on. It's just <laughs> like, brilliant. He, every, every, <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. Right, Philip, you, you need to, like, deliver your oh, beer on a horse and cart. Do you Horse and cart, hoverboard. Just come on, let's get a USB. Helicopter. Do you say whippet? <laughs> a bunch of whippets, mate. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so once you whip it's on like some platform. Yeah. Twelve whip it's on platform. I've got one now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, no, seriously, Ben yeah. delivers. He can deliver by boat. Yeah, he delivers by so boat. So there will be a little skiff. Yeah. And he'll. It just from rocks Small it in. Island, yeah. Old school. It'll go on. Yeah. It'll come down. Someone, some one of the islanders will put a on a boat, bring it down to through. To yeah, to the dock there, and that's you, um, it. And then she lifted off, and someone will walk it up. Yeah, and then you've got it. Has <laughs> anyone um, has anyone read um, Ops and Glory by Pete Brown? Have you read oh, nice! No, I, I have started listening to it on the old uh, Audible though. Right, so um, he, he talks on there about um, basically taking a beer from that's brewed in Burton on Trent to India. And so they, they, um, he goes on a canal, and it's a true story. Like he yeah. went on a canal boat and everything to, to down to. Well, he was trying to London, I think, on this canal boat. Um, yeah, I think he fell in the canal in the end. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Ben's doing all right. So yeah, far. he's doing all right. <laughs> but like, we go direct to Siren because they're local. Yeah. Well, half an hour away. Elusive Is now. That half an hour away. Finch Hampstead, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, very easy to get to, and the lovely little tap room they've got too. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll go. We'll go direct wherever we can. If they and as they get to know you, the brewers as well, they'll they'll they, they'll come down on the MOQs and stuff. Or we're in your area on this day. But you know, there's small independent distributors as well, like Jolly Good Beer. Like Dan is absolutely yeah, yeah. amazing, top guy, and he's and he's got re- those real good local breweries, and he sorts us out all the time with, with fantastic brews. So yeah, it's a bit of a mix. But do you get the whole Monday thing? What the? No, we don't. We don't do it. We don't submit to that. Yeah. We log, we only, we log on when we want to order, and whatever's there, we order. He's a song assassin. Here. He is. He is a ninja. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dennis is going to yeah. 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 let anyone. This yeah. hand is not saying, I can see it all building up. <laughs> <laughs> but the, Dennis, yeah, that's it. Dennis, let it go. <laughs> wow. He's, he does, yeah. He loves the ordering, yeah. Yeah. More. He's a cura- he's a beer curator. Fridge <laughs> fridge curator. <laughs> so I mean, in the film The Librarian, there's Linda. the beer curator. Linda. This is a new this film. This is a clever man. He is saying nothing. I know. I mean, silent. I mean, silent well, but deadly. Well, I mean, how, how how do you guys decide what beers are going to get in? I feel mm. I'm, I'm feeling more and more honoured that if I buy beers. Sometimes I go rogue. And I just order something, and Dennis is like, "Oh, we've got no room in the fridge for that." <laughs> yep. <laughs> but basically, Dennis decides. Dennis is is has the How final say. So it's it's you, Dennis, having to suck yeah. up to Nick. <laughs> no. He's, he's saying nothing. Yeah, he he researches his beers. He looks at reviews online. <laughs> You know, across a wow. number of different platforms, not just that one that we won't mention. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he looks at different yeah, things. He looks at the brewery's ratings yeah. as well. Um, he looks at the flavour profiles of the beer. He thinks about the sort of beers that we like. The time of the year as well is important. More pales in the summer. Mm. You know, as we're starting to move into to the winter now. Like I never, we've had our first brown ale on tap from um, Elusive. And it's been really popular. We've, we've always sort of held back on that because we, we weren't sure 
how it would be taken, but it's it's been re it's been taken really well. But this is this, this I might rant. Too late. <laughs> Go you know, on. Kind of worms now. It's like, this is the thing. What's kind of annoys me about craft beer in the UK at the moment is that it's so hazy IPA driven oh. and stuff like brown ales and other. If it's not if it's not a hazy IPA, an imperial stout, or a that's it. That's it, yeah. Um, or sour, fruited or sour, fruited sour, sour, sour yeah. It's kind of like it's like meh. Yeah. You know, like you got a rattler on. Yeah. You've got this. You know, you've got the India Pale yeah. Lager on, which yeah. is Brit British hops. <gasps> British hops, yeah. Um, you know, the US Brown Ale. And, I mean, today, you know, I've had um, well, even this week, even I've had three US Brown Ales. I've had a pumpkin ale. <laughs> um, and like those, though, I had a best bitter as well, and they were all like just, just amazing. Yeah, we have, we now have a bitter and mild section in the steady fridge. Steady on, Linda. Steady on. I know. <laughs> calm it down. Calm it down. But I don't know how. How did we get onto bitters and milds? Like we just got one in, and then we got another, and we got five, in, and now that's it. We've got a whole shelf of them. They just go like. Have one lord up before you. Hold on. Movers. Don't expect to see it here. But yeah, but you just, get someone. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's important, isn't it? Diversion, diver, diversion, <laughs> <laughs> diversification. Diversification. <laughs> yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. The, really the elusive, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Oh, it's, it's amazing. You yeah, know, really good beer. Yeah. yeah. I never thought I'd like it, but I love it. Ordering it because they're not all the same, honestly. <laughs> but this one is just brilliant. Communal podcasting is funny. <laughs> Steph, <laughs> Steph has something to say into the microphone. Draw close, Steph. And <laughs> I was going to ask uh, Linda Dennis. What is your favourite beer at the moment? Or your favourite <laughs> style of beer? Like, what recently has really stood out to you? Dennis, when you speak, if you can come here and... <laughs> I know it's going to involve getting up and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long, long day. You've done well, mate. Mm. I don't know. It varies throughout the year, honestly. It's a bit seasonal. It's eclectic as my music taste. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting into stout season, which I'm happy about. Yay. There's a bunch of good stouts around. But yeah, there's Belgian beers. It's really hard to pinpoint. I like all beer. <laughs> no, I'm not biased at all. Yeah. I just I just say Dennis. He's, nothing He'll drink anything. Across the board, he actually loves everything. Yeah. There's nothing he personally... Well, it might be something he goes, oh, my God, this is beautiful. But he's just so across yeah, the board. Yeah, for someone that's not I, I been professionally trained, he's... Yeah. Hoppy and yeasty flavours over malty, but if it's a really well-done malty beer as well... I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that I'm really in love with that Swiss beer, the um Schwartz. Is this a Schwartz beer, the yeah. dark one? It's like a sort of dark yeah. You've already just started sucking it, haven't you? Yeah. I think I remember. Um, it's all. like you've Can't got all those wonderful fruit flavours from the yeasts and these delicious caramel flavours from the malts. Similar to your your dark. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad 
you talked me into that, by the way. Yeah. Like, we had people travel... You weren't from, sure, were you? Oh, I, like, sold, I sold you on that one. Yeah, no, you, it was good. It was good. I'm glad you twisted my arm because people came from far and wide to buy that. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like, we had someone calling us up to make sure we still had it in stock before they came no to the way. shop. Yeah. I knew I should have started a brewery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so start a brewery, make an album, yeah, go family, so. marketing oh, company. Ah, <laughs> oh, my brain, my poor brain. No wonder I'm drinking all these beers. <laughs> Just to keep up. <laughs> well, I mean, what about you with beer styles and stuff? Just answer Steph's question. Oh, yeah, I feel, I'm, I'm really into my Radlers at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, um, such a slower ABV. Hang on, like, what is a Radler? Is it a Shandy or is it a, yeah. kind of like a higher ABV Shandy? I don't know, because I think a sh- I thought a Shandy German, was with lemonade. German name for Shandy. Yeah. Right. Like a mix of beer and, and juice. Yeah, like le- it's normally with lem- lemon and lime, a Radler. But yeah, the the one from Siren is the sour grapefruit beer, and then it's been mixed with lemon and lime juice. Right. I just love those sherbetty, sharp flavours. Mm. Refreshing. Kind of feels healthy in a way. Not really, but you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the name of it, by the way? It's so difficult. Pumpel Pumpelmocello. Pumpelmocello. I say you practice that. Have you, have you, have you done like a sort of um, in the mirror, what's his face from taxi driving? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't remember his name. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you talking to me? Yeah, that's the one. Bump yellow. Bump yellow. So, try and say more than once. I need more lambic. <laughs> Why not? There you go. If you try and say it more than once, it's not going to happen. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I'm really looking forward to trying that. Oh, it's the last of it. Um, they've got a barrel-aged version, Sean was saying. Right. They put it at the back of the brewery and forgot about it three years later. What, the Rattler? Uh, no, the Pompa Marcello, the original grapefruit sour beer. Oh, uh, right, okay. They've got a barrel-aged version of it, so I'm, I think it's been released already, but I'm, I'm quite looking forward to trying that. But, yeah, anything sort of... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm digging the lower ABV beers at the moment, for sure. Where do you think guys think beer styles are going? I, I don't... I think sometimes people... Like, when people are like, oh, you know, the hype train and the, you know, the IPAs, I, I, don't, I just don't... I get there's a group of people that like IPAs and they're making a fuss about it, but then there's also a group of people that like Miles and they're not really shouting about it. I think everybody is different. Everybody is different. And beer styles, you know, you've got brewers here tonight that have brewed a wee heavy... <laughs> Did you just fart live on a podcast? No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> For you, Nick. What was the question? <laughs> you were talking about we heavies and beer style. Oh yeah, style. that's right. So like, so we heavy is not a popular style, right? We sold out of that we heavy tonight. That's crazy. Hopefully. Styles are going towards diversity. Like yes. If one style dominates, it becomes a bit boring. Yeah. Like I get, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I love a nice IPA when it's done well. But it's not all. It's not just. It's not just about hoppy IPAs. Yeah. There's more to. There's more to beer than that. I thought you were about to say it's more to life. Even though they're delicious. That is a slogan for a T-shirt. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We should design that. It's more to life than that. Copyright, copyright. Yeah. 
No, I, I, I really hope, I hope that diversity is where we are moving towards in, in terms of styles. Yeah. I really, really hope so. Like, I love an IPA, but, you know, if you get it right, it's great. But we had an IPA on the other day and we all tasted it, didn't we? And we knew that something was wrong with it, but we couldn't quite put our finger on it. And it wasn't until Paul Davies came along. Um, he, you know, he's a professional beer mm. judge and everything, and he tasted it. It's like diacetyl. It's full of diacetyl. So, so we, we, you know, we contact the brewery, told, told them about it. They took the kid back. No problems. So these breweries, they love to receive feedback if you're honest about it as well. You don't have to be like one starring them on that other, that you know that. On the particular app that we won't mention. That we shall not be named. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's interesting that because I, um, I was. I was I was on a um, a beer tasting not too long ago, and Melissa Cole was on it, and she picked out loads of flavours from she this particular amazing. beer, and I was like, "We're not worthy." We're not worthy. <laughs> you know, she's talking about polyphenols and stuff. Like, man, yeah. you, you are so like knowledgeable. Yeah, you know? I love that we. I love look, me. We were tasting, weren't we? So this isn't right. This doesn't taste right. But you know, we couldn't quite because we just. You know, we've not done our off-flavours training or anything like that. We just don't know, but we knew there was something wrong with it. And I just love that that, I was, that that was confirmed. So maybe we should do some sort of professional training. <laughs> so have either of you, any of you guys, got like a Cicerone or anything? Or? I've got the uh, the first level, you know, the beer servers. Right. Uh, What's the next level up? Uh, I think it's, uh, go, it's not the Cicerone, that's the Cicerone route. So the American one. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. yeah. But um, it's expensive yeah, well, and time-consuming. I've got a day job, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I keep seeing um, Nat, Natalia um, Watson, doing the beer um, thing. Yeah. She's doing it. I keep thinking, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. I might do that. Yeah, she it's great. She's invited me on one of the courses as well. I should really take that up. It's fantastic. Yeah. And she, again, amazing. Isn't she amazing? Oh, yeah, it really is. And I love her journey as well from Duval... And she was, I remember going to a crafty beer girls night with her and she was just chatting to everybody and she said, I think I'm going to start a podcast or something. And now look at her. I just, I love listening to her talk. I love watching her on Instagram. Just the little facts that she shares. Yeah. It's so helpful. And then I, you know, you've got it fresh in your mind and you come and you serve someone and they, you can, you know, you can repeat it fresh and... You feel like a professional, but yeah, yeah I just yeah, learned no, it from brilliant. listening to her. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, she's very passionate about being very passionate. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, I keep thinking maybe I should do it, but then I think yeah, time is then, so much I know, time. 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 <laughs> and then, you know, you know, in my time. Yeah, like, oh yeah. my goodness! <laughs> At least you got the album out first, though. Yeah. It's fantastic, by the way. Well done. Oh, We've you. enjoyed uh, yeah. it. Did I send it to you? We've listened to it here. I um, must have sent you a copy then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you sent us a link, yeah. Did I? Okay, yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's just, um, just trying to find time to brew and do all the rest of it, you know. So it's so yeah. difficult. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Family commitments and whatnot. But yeah. Yeah, it's hard. But, like, it doesn't. this doesn't really feel... Hopefully it doesn't feel like work, but it just feels like I'm having my friends over. Like, this is an extension of my lounge. Yeah. 
Festival I get from it, you know, when I come, and it's, you know, it's just, it just feels really natural. And yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's been great being here tonight. And We've I, I seen think, it at its best tonight. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it, this is what I love about those kind of tap room spaces, you know. Um, we counted 60 people at it, peak. It's, <laughs> you know, it's great having middle child and, and being able to, um, you know, everybody, like, um, watching and listening yeah. and, and taking it in. I mean, I remember it, it, when I was, well, gosh, I would have been about 14 and I got invited to play a gig. Oh, I say gig. I got invited to play at the, like, the local school fair for my junior school. I was in senior school at this point. And I got there with my 12-string uh, acoustic guitar trying to play some Oasis covers. And, like, nobody listened to me and it was, like, awful, this Aww. awful experience. I took my guitar home after the first song, like, no, fuck you, everyone, <laughs> bastards. Um, you know, no one's listening to me. Whereas, like, you know, like, for, for those guys tonight, like, ev everyone it was, was listening. It was silent, you know, yeah. silent. Yeah. You know, it's, it's lovely yeah. that this is a space where people, you know, for all the talk about water chemistry, that might have been like over <laughs> <laughs> people's heads. There were some things Fraser said that I just didn't understand. Well, I didn't understand <laughs> some of them, but you know, it's it's kind of lovely that they, you know, um, everyone was listening and and supported. Yeah, and it's, it's such a great space, yeah. and we we need spaces like this. You know, it's it's uh, as I was saying to you earlier, Steph. You know, it's like it's it's one thing having a million, well, not million, but lots of people liking your post on Instagram. But the thing you actually really want is connection with actual yeah. real living people yeah. like we're having right now, you know. Mm. That's what you're going to remember. Exactly. You're going to remember sitting in a room with somebody, yeah. looking in the whites of their eyes and talking about stuff. Yeah. Um, and sharing a beer with them in actual, in 3D. Yeah. Rather <laughs> than, you know, whether something went went down well, quote, unquote, over Instagram. Yeah. Or, Totally. The app that should not be named. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, sh you shouldn't dis you shouldn't discount social media though, because um, we had a really big event here um, recently in Twickenham. It's called High Tide Festival. Right. Happens once a year. It's just a little music festival. It's right here on Church Street. It's a few stages, um, and there are some stages at you know inside the pubs and venues, and we're a spoken word stage, which is awesome. So we have poets and rap and. Things like that, and um, I had this guy come talk to me, and he travelled all the way down to, from Leeds. From Leeds. From Leeds, especially to come to see us at Brewery Market. He's like, I get your newsletter, um, I follow you on social and everything. I've been dying to come. He brought his whole family, wow. his wife, his daughter, her boyfriends, um, and I've been dying to try your beers, and because I. Because this music festival on, there was a band playing that he loved from the 90s called Salad. He's like... I've heard of Salad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, I just had to come down and see you. And he, he almost hugged me because he felt like he knew me. And then when he saw Pepper, he was, uh, he was overwhelmed. And he'd, he'd never been here before. And he's like, oh, I've been so excited. The beers are so great. You've got to come up and see me. It'd be great to see you. And that... That is just, there is, it, it, people forget that there are, it is real people, social media is real people. It's just an extension of word of mouth. Yeah. And some people forget that and they troll and they write all these terrible things on social media and they just don't realise that that's a real person. It's not a bot or a... Yeah, and this is the thing, and again, going back to this conversation I had with Dave Hayward from A Hoppy Place, you know, we... we 
we start talking about social media because it's such an integral part of our, yeah. our lives, you know. It's such also a bane. <laughs> it, yeah, it is, you know. And, and I was thinking about this the other day, like there was, um, I think it was James Watt from Brewdog had, had tweeted something. And I got in there with a little jab and, and all the rest of it. And I thought afterwards, like, did I do that because I actually believed in what I was saying or was I just trying to score some social media points? And that's, like, a really shitty thing for me to do, and I'll, yeah. I'll openly admit that. It yeah. actually was the latter rather than the former. Yeah. Um, uh, because, like, I don't know him. You no, know? yeah. And, and, and I know a lot of people go online and, like, oh, fuck Brewdog and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, like, I don't know what it's like running a company of however many thousand or hundreds or whatever employees yeah. they have. Um, you know, dealing with the kind of cash flow issues that they'll have, dealing with the kind of pressure they'll have. Yeah. Um, and people might hate me for saying that, because I know there's obviously punks of purpose, and yeah. I'm sure they le have yeah. legitimate concerns. Yeah, and... I know people that work for Brewdog, and they have got so, nothing bad to say about you know, them. And, it's, and it's... we've got a wonderful story about Brewdog as well. Right. So right in the very beginning when we first opened, um, having lots of trouble getting our licence here because this was a solicitor's before and before that was a bookshop. What, here, so you mean? Yeah, right here. This was all little chopped up into tiny little offices. Um, so there's a cumulative impact zone in Twickenham because of the Twickenham Stadium and they didn't want to have allow any more licensing. Mm. So um, we were tr looking around trying to get our licence. We were looking online for basically white papers, you know, for examples, and every single one that came up was a brew dog white paper to say... You know, we. This is the council city centre. Um, we got the licence, and because of this, because of this, because of this. So I thought, you know, what, I'm going to reach out to Brewdog and ask them for some advice. So I reached out on Twitter. So the guy said, "Yeah, don't worry. Whoever replied to me on Twitter, I'll put you in touch with our lawyer." They put me in touch with their lawyer, and they then they put me with their internal lawyer. Then he put me in touch with their external lawyers. Just it just. I didn't even ask for this. It just happened like click, 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 like drafts. Mm. And the next thing I know, this lady was calling me. She was giving me advice. She was sending me papers. She came to visit me from Manchester. She sat down with me. She went through everything for me. We had a hearing and we got the licence approved. No, nothing. No legal fees, no costs. Just because they wanted to help someone get it, get a, a license and spread the good word of, of craft beer. So there is a side to Brewdog, I think, that people don't realise. And I get that James is a punk, a true punk. Like he has that attitude of, you know, this, the, you know, the F it it attitude. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but and yeah, he rubs people the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but also. You know, thing, do, bad things do happen at Brewdog, and I get that, and, I, and I've spoken to people like Charlotte and Melissa, and I understand that there are pockets of this happening, but I think it happens in every company. I'm not condoning it, but I think I've worked in recruitment for, since I was 16 now. Well, you know, now I'm nearly full-time beer lady, but um, it, and that's just as bad. Like it's like sexual harassment, men getting ahead of women when they've no experience or qualifications, and they're not as good for the for the job as a woman would be. You know, no health and safety. 
it isn't just beer, but I love I love what's happening now. I love that that's being exposed, and I love that we're making a change. But I think we shouldn't just be focused. I think it should be looked at equally, and and it should be focused on fairly in a, with a with a bigger picture perspective. If you know what I mean. Yeah, no, totally. I was talking to someone the other day. Um, he was saying that, particularly craft beer, this, this, it seems to be, particularly on like social media, oh, like craft beer is the only thing that's it's only happening in this industry. It's like, happens in all industries, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's happening, And it's yeah. like, you know, it's not new. And, it, and it's why, why there's such an emphasis and focus on craft beer. People forget I, I, it's, you've got, people forget perspective. Yeah. Like, I can't think what that saying is, you know, perspective is reality when... In the absence of madness or something, I can't think. In the absence of chaos, I can't. Steph. There's a story. On, <laughs> There's a, there is a saying, right? Dennis, anyone? Oh, oh. <laughs> people I heard like there's like, there was a. There's, I don't want to mention his name, but it's recently a guy that I know, good friends with. He's a, a brewer for a big brewery, and that I'm done with it. He's like, I'm leaving the craft beer industry because it's it's insipid. It's I was like, but that's just that, what, you know, that little pocket that you were in or the people that you were dealing with, you have to get out of, you're trapped in a bubble. You can't ignore the negative stuff and you can't ignore the bad stuff that's happening. You have to tackle it head on. But if you forget the good stuff, what's the point of tackling the negative stuff? Well, just for a second, negative space online, you know, it's, it's, there was, um, the other day, there was a couple of people that um, did a tweet about some fermented, like, fish, basically. Some, someone had said, took the, through the process of, I had these, like, mackerel, put them in a kiln and jar and did whatever, and they fermented over a, a period of time, they all, like, sort of decomposed, and they became this oil and I put it into this paella or whatever it was, and it was amazing. And uh, I, I, it was the first thing I saw that day, and I was like, I hope this wins the internet today. <laughs> and then later that day, the government announced the um, duty reforms, oh. and everyone was like, fucking Tories, yeah, fucking pure, Morris, fucking Rishi, yeah, back for bastards. It was like, oh, yeah, you know, so much for the fish so on the much internet. The fish. <laughs> but, so long and thanks for all the fish. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but it's just, it, it just, it's just such a hard space to be in because it's like, it's these conversations we're having now where people have different perspectives, people have whatever perspectives they have, we can talk about it. You've got tone of voice, you've got yeah. body language, yeah. and all the rest of it, you don't get that You don't online. get any of that social and media. And I feel like, in some ways, the the beer community online is becoming really toxic because of that. Mm. Whereas in a space like this today, I don't feel any of that, Mm-mm. because you've got people in a genuine space yeah. with from, from different perspectives and viewpoints and political persuasions, whatever, all enjoy all enjoying beer together. <laughs> No, it's true. And I think, like, to distill that down into its most purest form is the lady or the gentleman that that comes to the bar and they ask for a drink and they say they don't like beer because they've tried one beer one time that they didn't like. And it's the same. You've had one experience with one person that you didn't like, so, you you know, you brandish... You you know, that's just human nature. It's like... You, you, you brush it away, you, you tar everybody with the same brush. Mm. But and it's really, really difficult to, uh, probably one of the most difficult things to think positively. Oh, okay. I won't get too geeky, but there's a new scientist article on it 
that it that it's it's easier for you to think of things that are negative than it is for you to be positive. And they and negative thoughts do they they're like you know it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. gathers yeah yeah. The negative thoughts have a I read in um, I think it's the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People or. Um, the E-Myth, it's one of those two books. They have the powers of like 10 times to one. Yeah. Um, so this is how insurance people make their money, in that they're like, you could die. Big yeah. fear factor. Yeah. Ah, but if you put money aside, mm -hmm. then your family will be well. Oh, you, and then you've got the happy points. So they, they have a double win because, yeah. you know. So yeah, it's um, it definitely has. Yeah. Yeah, we 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 try to be positive. Well, that's so. You know, it's one of our key points. Like in, you know, okay, well, about the business plan, but like being positive. You can you can say you don't like something and still be positive about it. You don't, you know, you don't have to say you hate the beer or you dislike the beer. You just, you know, it's not for me necessarily, but it's piney. It's resinous, you know, I don't enjoy it, but I can still talk to someone else about it without being negative about it. And you can expand that into politics, into geography, into whatever. There's no reason why. And once you get on that positive vibe, it's, it's easy to stay there. You've got yeah. to... Well, oh, go for it, Steph. Go on, you've always got some good things to say. You might have to come closer. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of the positives, I was going to ask you guys a super positive question. Um, what about this job is your favourite part of it? Is it a job? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's a tough one. Are trying all the bits? <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice perk, but I'm going to say the joy of people discovering it. Mm. for the first time. Me too. I, I find that really, really worthwhile. Yeah, like me when too. When they thought they wouldn't like it and they do like yeah. it. Yeah, I love that. I was on a right trip earlier with that lady. This, there was a family came in and there was a, the, the mum, she was just, no, I don't like beer, I'm not going to drink it, I'm not going to drink it. Uh, I don't like this, don't like that. So we got all of them a beer and I just managed to, sh to shove a, a, a bit of the, the Rattler into her hand as a taster, <laughs> just as she was walking away, saying, just please just grab it. She tried it. Oh yeah, I like that. That doesn't taste like beer, does it? <laughs> I wish there was a way to describe it. To describe beer that meant like beer is, is it's like a method. It's that, it, you know, beer means four ingredients brewed in a certain way. It doesn't mean a certain flavour. Mm. But when you get, when I just, her eyes lit up and then she was like, to everybody in her group, try that, try that. She wanted everybody to try the, the beer that I gave her. That for me was, that put a spring in my step. Well, that, that that's did. great, isn't it? You know, cause it's, it's very easy to forget when you're in either in the industry or you know, you're into beer or whatever, that, those experiences, but like, you know, um, I guess this ties into with the brewery I'm working with in Nigeria, where like craft beer is a new category for those guys. Yeah. So there are people just having those those first experiences of like when you had a Sierra Nevada pale ale or a Jaipur or whatever yeah. for the first time. You know, um, they're having those experiences, but with um, this brewery's beers. That's you brilliant. Know, and it's amazing the fact that that's happening. 
Um, I love that it's spreading around the world. It is, you yeah. know, and it, the fact but that is people it, is it craft beer that's spreading, or it's just like an an awakening to flavors, you know? Well, I guess it's both, isn't yeah. it? Because that's all craft beer. It really is. Yeah. It? It's just it's just beer. I'm sure flavorsome beers existed in the past. Yeah. You know, um, but it's just may, maybe that globalization has meant that. You know, capitalism has meant that people have sacrificed flavouring, um, yeah. you know, for manufacturing, manufacturing, <laughs> for um, you know, economy of scale yeah. and, and efficiency, and yeah, right, and all the rest of it. Imagine and, that, though. Imagine making a product that you want people to taste and enjoy, but you're you're reduce you're reducing the taste and enjoyment so you can make more. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's, it sucks that there are companies out there that are just sacrificing the quality for the quantity. Yeah. And people do, and it's, it's, no, it's no different with, like, music. Yeah. You know, the facts... And you, this goes right back to... I know I often start on this podcast and conversations about the Beach Boys. Like, <laughs> when the Beach Boys released Pet Sounds, like, Mike Love, who was one of the principal songwriters and one of the vocalists was really unhappy with the direction they were going because it was like, we have a formula, you know, it sells lots. People yeah, are into all those it? surf songs. Yeah. And, and, whereas Brian Wilson was all about how can we really make something that's quality? Yeah. How can we make something that's artistic? Yeah. You know, and so they went to Capitol Records with Pet Sounds, which is now one of the greatest selling rock albums yeah. of all time. And was like, seen, this is an artistic before, piece of work. And, they, and, and Capitol hated it. You know, because they were like, this isn't going to sell loads. Yeah, it's like What's... Freddie Mercury and Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They hated it, didn't they? Because mm, they wanted to, what was the song they wanted to release instead? Something, oh, what's that song about them driving the car? Oh, um, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Whatever it's called. You know, it's just like, come on. Like, in, in retrospect, it's like, we're talking about Bohemian Rhapsody, which is like a masterpiece of yes. music. And it's and it's the same, it's no different, I think, with beer. You know, yep. it's like Agreed. there are these masterpieces that people are producing. Um Burning Sky Petite Saison. Yeah, or all, all, all the wee heavy that we <laughs> yes, tried earlier. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's a masterpiece it of is, a beer. Yeah. And it's and it's the it, it deserves recognition. Those beers deserve being recognized. Agreed. Um and I guess this is what I love about... Um, I've been reading Modern British Beer by Matthew Curse. This is what I love about his book. It's like, you know, he, he's taken the time to recognise these beers over the last couple of decades that, um, you know, aren't... Not all of them are well recognised. Yeah. Obviously, you have got your Jaipurs in there and your um, Oakham Citras and stuff. But then, you know, you've got some beers in there I've never heard of before. Baybrook and... Um, <gasps> Braybrook, which did he... I've not read it yet, but is it the Keller Pills? It's in the there? Keller... Yeah, yeah. <gasps> I've, I've never... We, I've we never get people on... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never come across it before. I was like, what is this? It's found, Like, we, we, get, we get people asking for us that all the time. It's fantastic, yeah. I like... Teresa and, um, and the guys from Beercraft and... Um, who then they go, you know, they went on to, to set up Braybrook. Like, they were one of the first people that I met um, when I was coming into craft beer. And they, they put their arms around me and they talked to me like 
I'd known them for, for 20 years. They sat me down, we had drinks in the evening after, um, I think it was craft, craft beer festival, mm. you know, um, in, in East London. And that, that for me is, that, that's, that for me is what this industry is about. Like, make, just being passionate about something and making something amazing. And like, like you know, like you say, the music industry, if the, the word commercial, it's, it's a dirty word. Yeah. It's like, just make it, make it because you love it. Yeah, totally. Do it because wow. you love it. Wow. Wow. Linda. <laughs> <laughs> Far out, man. I mean, maybe we should wrap it up there. So, um, yeah, it, well, it's, it's, I've been trying to get you on the podcast for ages, so it's, been, it's, it's nice to actually have you on the show. Always a good chat. So, um, I, Obviously, I know where to find Brewery Market, but <laughs> where can the listeners find Brewery Market? So, Brewery Market is based in Twickenham. We're on the historical and world-renowned Church Street, which is apparently one of the top ten streets in the world. Okay. Wow, really? Yeah, it's up there with the, with the, the one that the Beatles crossed, Abbey wow. Road. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, also in London. Yes, <laughs> it's a very cute boutique street, five, five ten minutes from the station, 20 minutes outside Waterloo. You want right to by the, the train train <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about the trains. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Twickenham. And it's brewery market at Cuddy UK. Yes, or brewery so. underscore market on social. Awesome, brilliant. Well, I think that's it. Everyone can say goodbye. Thanks, Nick. For the podcast. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thanks, Nick. So, oh, round of applause in the podcast. Oh my word. <laughs> <laughs> right. Live audience. Let's leave that. <laughs> You got anything? Any last words, Pepper? She's asleep. She is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that time again at the bar for another week of the Hot Four podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, and all other good platforms. Be sure to visit hotforward.beer to find out how we can help you get ahead in the brewing and beer business. We make your beer look as good as it tastes and we help you brew up a better business through branding, marketing and consultancy. Remember to follow us on social media at Hot Forward Beers and for another week, cheers. Cheers.